Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Believer Church. How's everybody doing today? Man, it's good to see everybody here. Whether you're in the room, if you're watching online or from TCI, we want to welcome you to a very special weekend here at BC. My name is Michelle Denunzio. I'm the worship leader right here at the Warren campus. And I'm so excited because not only is today our summer sizzle, like we're so excited to go celebrate the 4th of July with you guys here in a little bit, but it's also the first week in our BC summer series. We've got some great things lined up for you throughout the month of July, and today we're getting a unique chance to hear from a group of people that you actually hear from all the time, but today you're going to hear from them in a different way. You guys, I'm sitting up here with some members of our incredible worship team. Yeah, let's give it up for them. And you know what? We're going to talk about, you guessed it, we're talking about worship today. And I can tell you that I've been really blessed to know everybody sitting up here on this panel for many years. We've done worship together for a long time. I know that you're going to take a lot away from the things that they have to share because they have such genuine hearts for God and genuine hearts for worship. They have lots of experience and gained so much wisdom about it. So I would love for you guys to introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do on our worship teams, and maybe like your favorite worship song. So maybe an old school worship song or a new one that you're loving right now that we could put on our worship playlist. We're going to start with you, Renee. Hi, I'm Renee Tony, and I'm married to Frank, and um, I'll let him talk about the kids, I guess. I forgot last time, so anyway. Um, uh, we've been coming to Believers for 21 years, and I've served on the worship team for about 18 of those years. I'm in the back corner playing keys and singing. Um, I'm a teacher. Uh, I've been teaching for 30 years. I don't have a countdown going, but I do have five more to go. Oh, my favorite song. Okay, so if I go old school, my favorite song is um, How Great Thou Art. That still melts my heart. And if I go a little bit newer, um, there's so many, and it's really hard to pick one, but I really love um, Waymaker is my current favorite. Thanks, Renee. Good songs. Hi, my name's Frank. Um, I play the guitar up here on the worship team, and as you said, we've been coming for 21 years um, we have three wonderful kids and two beautiful grandbabies that we absolutely love, and they consume most of our time, so <laughs> gladly so. But uh, um, my f- favorite song, probably, or one of them, is uh, a, a song we've done before called Oh Come to the Altar, and it just you know, talks about, encompasses the whole gospel message in that one song, so it just, it just gets me every time. Same God right now, though, is, is one that... I'm really liking right now. So. Thanks, Frank. My name is Abby Rowan, and my husband and I have been coming here for many years. I haven't always led worship here, but I've grown up leading worship, and I love being a part of this team. But I'm a teacher. I've been teaching for 15 years. And um, like Renee, I have the countdown, but I'm not as close as she is. <laughs> so um, my favorite song, um, it's not really that old, but it's by Hillsong United, and it's called Hosanna, and it's just one that I resonates with me, and every time I hear it, I still love it, but right now, one of my favorites that we're currently doing is Ancient Gates. I really like that. Thanks, Abby. How about you, Matt? Hi, my name is Matt Judice. I have been playing on this team, I think, for five years now. I've been attending for that long, I think. 
too. Um, I also have the privilege of playing on our Paramount worship team. It's our youth program with some incredibly talented student musicians as well. I'm blessed to do that. Um, favorite worship songs? I think go between two as of late. Always Good by Bethel and Send Me by Bethel. Those are good ones. Rattle? Elevation Worship? Any fans of Rattle? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Well, everybody a, likes that song. It's yeah, a it's a good classic one. Um, Tremble by Mosaic. Anybody remember that? Yeah? Okay. That's, those are my favorite ones. That's all I got. Good morning. My name is Faith Hall. I'm a singer here on the worship team, and I've been at Believers well over 20 years now. I am a wife, a mother, a grandmother, and I work as a behavior therapist for children. Thanks, Faith. What's your favorite worship song? My favorite worship song is still Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. And for the new one, it would have to be Waymaker. Thank you so much. And like I said, my name's Michelle Denunzio. I am the worship leader at this Warren campus. I have an incredible husband named Steve. We've been married for five years, and we have a little baby girl who's six months old. Her name is Remy. And I've been a part of BC since before I can even remember. Um, my parents are pastors Joe and Gina, and I've grown up just loving um, being a part of worship in any way that I can. And so I'm so excited for us to talk more about that today. If I had to pick just one worship song, that's really hard, but I love the song Oceans by Hillsong United. I'm sure you've heard of it. Wow, we're even getting applause for that one. You know, it's a powerful song, and so that's why I love it. But honestly, I just feel that worship songs in general, when they're based in God's word and when we use them to glorify God, it's such a powerful thing. And so I cannot wait to dive deeper into this conversation. We're going to talk about worshiping God, whether it's through our song or the way that we live our lives. So I want to start out by asking a pretty big question. So sorry, guys, but the pressure's on. Um, I think it's important that we just talk about what worship is. So let me ask you this. What is worship? Let's start with you, Renee. So um, worship is a continual, ongoing, constant quest to glorify God and um, realizing, of course, that our situations change and our seasons of our lives change and sometimes we're in the valley and facing some trials and sometimes we're on the mountaintop um, and somewhere in between most of the time. Um, but those things change in our lives, our seasons change, and our situations may change, but God's worth never changes. And so I feel like if he daily um, forgives me of my sins and he daily gives me mercy and daily gives me grace and he's faithful daily, then the least I can do is thank him and praise him and give him honor and glory that's, that he so deserves. I love that. Well said. How about you, Matt? What is worship? Whenever I think about this question, what is worship, I have a verse that I always think about, and it's Romans 12, 1. It reads, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And so out of that, I find the answer to be, we can worship God by living for him. And so what does that look like? There are ways, how can we live sacrificially for God? Um, by praying in our free time. Um, I find that to be 
a really good way to live sacrificially. You're sacrificing some of your time, which I find incredibly valuable, just to have this personal conversation with God. Um, another way is listening to worship, maybe instead of some other secular music that you normally listen to. Um, reading the Bible is also big. Um, are you doing it daily? If not, are you doing it weekly? Have you picked it up in the past year? Because that matters a lot. And another main way to live sacrificially, I believe, is to live like Christ. I think one of the things we are called to do as Christians is to live like Christ. And how is he living? He was living or by displaying the fruits of the Spirit that, are, um, that Galatians 5 tells us. Those fruits are love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I believe all these ways are ways to practically worship. Thanks, Matt. I love that. Abby, what would you say when we ask that question, what is worship? Well, by definition, worship is an expression of reverence and adoration. And, you know, we could choose to give our worship to a lot of different things, but we actually have to really work to put our worship and our focus on God because there's all these distractions and things that are vying for our attention all the time. And so I really feel like we have to make it our heart and our prayer every day, not just when you're in church, but it's like every day I have to make sure that I turn on my worship music like Matt said or I need to listen or put God's word in my heart, even if it's just a verse that I'm meditating on. Um, I know that in my life, like, well, the Bible in Matthew 15, 8 says, they worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And it always resonates with me because God was looking at these people and he was seeing that they were worshiping him and they looked like they had it all together as Christians, but really on the inside where God is judging us, their hearts and their minds were just not focused on them, on him. And that's where worship and just meditating on God's scripture becomes so crucial because that's when it becomes part of our lives. And so whether it's um, just interacting with my family or the teachers that I work with, I have kindergartners that I'm entrusted with every day. I just want them to see that the foremost of my attention and my worship belongs to God. So I hope that I carry a heart of worship with me wherever I go. Thanks, Abby. I love that all of you actually had something entirely different to say when you define what worship is. And what's cool about the Bible is the words praise and worship are actually translated in so many different ways in the Greek and Hebrew languages. One that really stands out to me is the Hebrew word barak. And it's most of the time translated as to bless or to bow down in reverence and submission to God. And I love that this definition has very little to do with us and so much to do about God, looking beyond ourselves and giving him our surrender, glorifying him with our worship. Um, it's such a powerful thing when we do that. And I bet a lot of you here today um, can look back on your life and agree with me when uh, you think that how worship has impacted your life. I know for me, it really has. Um, there have been times in worship where I've experienced breakthrough in really difficult situations. I've experienced healing as I've worshiped God, and I've grown closer to Him in my times of worshiping Him. And so there might be some of you here today um, where worship is a new concept to you and you haven't quite experienced that yet, but I really want to encourage you that God has designed worship to impact each and every one of our lives. So I would love to ask you guys as a worship team, like how has worship impacted your life? How about you, Frank? Well, um, I grew up uh, 
Catholic in uh, St. Rose Church in Girard. And I went to, went to grade school there and everything. And uh, I was involved in a lot of things at an early age. I was an altar boy and all, all the things that go with that. Um, it, being around the things of God were always intriguing to me. And uh, when I was around 14 or 15, I started playing guitar there on their folk masses, they called them. Um, and uh, even though I didn't have a really great under, deep understanding of what, you know, what worshiping God was, just something about singing God, songs to God just always brought joy and peace uh, to me. And uh, you know, as I matured later on in my life, I came to a more personal knowledge of who Christ was and is in my life. And uh, I moved on to another church, Pleasant Valley Church, got involved with youth group there over the years, and uh, I was leading worship there at one point, and uh, somewhere along the line, something happened at, at where the worship leader was out of town, the main worship leader, and um, the number two and number three people, so they went deep into the bench and asked me if I, <laughs> if, if I would be willing to lead worship this particular Sunday, because like everybody was just gone. I think they did it on purpose, but um, anyhow... I agreed to do it, but I was terrified because, uh, you know, I was comfortable with with the youth and everything. And um, uh, I just, when that Sunday approached, I was really, really nervous. And I just, all I kept thinking is, what if I mess up? What if I play the wrong chords? What if I sing off key? You know, what? and uh, the time was coming though. So I start, as I'm walking toward the platform, I took my first couple steps up and I just heard in my spirit, it's not about you. And this overwhelming peace just came over me and all that anxiety and doubt and fear just left me. I mean, it was never experienced anything like that really. And so there was a freedom there then to be able, you know, to worship. And I came to um, the realization that this wasn't about just singing songs and just experiencing emotion, um, but that we were setting up an environment for God to inhabit our praises. And so he can have an encounter with us and, you know, that's, that's what he wants to do. Um, also realize that, it, that it's, it's a holy ground. It's a holy place, that, you know, in the presence of God. And there's no room for pride or ego. So, uh, and when the emphasis is on God, it takes away the aspect of performance and makes it a true offering unto him. And um, that's just stuck with me. And even to this day, I'll just whisper a prayer before any time we come up to worship this, that, um, our sacrifice would be pleasing to him and that, uh, that he would accept it and he would inhabit our praise. And then I just, it's always humbling, so humbling to realize that the God of the universe wants to hang out with us and that worship is the way that we make that happen. So, Thank you, Frank. I love that. Yeah, let's give it up. Yes. Matt, can you share with us a little bit about how worship has impacted your life? Yeah. Um, musically, it's changed me completely. Um, it was around seventh grade, I was finally starting to discover my taste in music, what I was into. I didn't know many Christian bands at the time, and so my favorites that year, I think, were Metallica and Slipknot, the bands that every Christian parent wants their child to be listening to. I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> and so it was that summer, 2007, it was that summer, uh, our youth group decided to go to a Christian music festival called Creation Fest. I was in Mount Union, Pennsylvania. And that was such an eye-opening experience for me. Um, it was my first concert in itself, too. 
that night it was David Crowder going into Switchfoot. And that was mind-blowing. That was great. Uh, other people that were at this concert, it was the Newsboys were there, Casting Crowns, Toby Mac, all that, the big Christian radio festival bands. It was great. But so after, after that festival, I kind of made the decision to try to start pursuing playing Christian music more. Um, I even got as far as playing in a couple, or touring in a few, few bands, but I really haven't felt more full than I have by playing here at BC. And so uh, my favorite verse in the Bible is Colossians 3.17. And it says, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And I really use this verse just to fuel my passion for playing music and everything else I do in life, really. Um, worship has also just changed me spiritually, too. It's just caused me to fall so in love with God and the church itself. I just, I can't, I haven't felt anything like this since I've found God. I know what worship is. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I love that so much. Let's give it up. You know, we're talking about this concept of worshiping through song, and I mentioned before, I know that to some of you, this might be relatively new, and I wonder, there might be some of you who walk through our doors on a Sunday morning, and you're like, why are we singing songs together? Like, why is this sing-song hour? Like, why are we doing that? And what I love about the way that God designed these times of worship to look like is He wants them to be moments where we participate rather than just spectate, right? We see this all throughout Scripture where God is encouraging us to lift our hands, to shout, to thank Him, uh, to sing, even if maybe you think you're not like the best singer, like that's okay. Um, but this is called corporate worship where we all come together and it is such a powerful thing. But I thought we could talk about why has God um, made worship something where we participate and lift our hands rather than just, you know, sit back and, and watch. Uh, how about you, Abby? So I know that a lot of times worship can come off as like a spectator sport. You know, we walk out on stage and it seems like we're about to put on a concert for you, especially if you're new to this Christian walk and it seems foreign to you or you're just had a hard morning and it's hard to enter into worship or um, you just feel like Michelle said, you're not a good singer. It's not for you. But there's so many places in the Bible where it almost commands us to enter into God's presence. And Psalm 100 is one of those places. It tells us, enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. Enter his gates with praise. And later on it says, shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with singing. So worship in the Bible, like I said, almost seems like a command, something that God is telling us, if you find me worthy enough, you will come before me with your praise, no matter what's happening in your life, how good of a singer you feel like. It's something that we deserve um, or God deserves and that it's the least that we can do for him. I love that. Well said. Renee, what would you say to that? Almost dropped it. Uh, it says in Psalm 145.3 that um, God is magnificent. He can never be praised enough. There is no boundary to his greatness. And so if you have any kind of worship in your heart, and, and that's what worship is too, it's about the posture of your heart. You can't help but worship 
God, right? Because he's magnificent and he's great. And um, so one thing I think about too is the participation portion. Sometimes we're asked, you know, why do we lift our hands? And I can't remember, Pastor Joe, if this was you or not. So I'm sorry. If it was you, I give you credit. But I heard a long time ago somebody ask that question, why do people raise their hands in a worship service? And I guess this... um, reasoning resonated with me because I'm a teacher, right? So this person said, a teacher poses a question and the students who know the answer, what do they do? I know, I know, I know. And that's what I feel like every time I raise my hands, I know the answer to everything is Jesus, you know? So I know the answer, so I love you and I thank you and you're the reason for everything. That's so good. I I love that the Bible talks about in um, 1 Peter 2 how... Peter says, we are chosen to be God's royal priesthood. And one of the many jobs of the priest in the Bible, um, one of the things they did was minister to God. But um, now we're all God's royal priesthood. And so I love that it's not just the job of the worship team. It's not just the job of our pastors to bless God and to glorify him with our worship. Like God views all of our worship as equal and the same. In fact, he designed us to be worshipers. So that leads me to this next question. You guys, God has designed us to be worshipers. We're wired to worship. So like our human nature, like if we're not going to worship God, we are wired to worship something, right? So I bet all of us in this room have at one time or another seen how things can compete for our worship or hinder us from worship. So I would love to talk about that. Faith, could you share a little bit about how things can compete for our worship? Well, in the culture of the selfie, I would have to say my main competition would be myself and the spirit of religious pride. Um, Even in the Bible, what touches my heart the most is the story of Mary when the religious Pharisees had invited Jesus to a banquet. And it was the custom then when you invited a guest to the banquet that you would wash their feet before they sat at the table. And they had gotten so familiar with Christ that um, it was just like, oh, that's just Jesus. So he was sitting there with his feet, not washed, dirty feet at the table. And Mary came in and humbled herself and washed Jesus' feet with her tears and dried his feet with her hair. And I never want to lose that love and adoration for Christ in my own life. At the beginning of my walk with Christ, um, I remember I had gone through a surgery, still had stitches in my stomach, had seen God do a miracle in my life. And I went to a prayer service thinking I know it all. You know how we know it all when you know a little bit. <laughs> and the minister said, if you like prayer, come on up to the altar. And so I was like, I'm going to get in the line for prayer. And the whole time I'm going up there, um, I wasn't saying anything with my mouth, but I was speaking loudly in my mind going, now, Lord. You know I'm going up here for prayer, but I still had these stitches, and I see people falling on the ground, but I'm not going down. (laughs) I'm not falling for anybody with these stitches in my stomach. So as I walked up, before I even got close to the man of God, he stretched out his hand, and before I knew it, I was on my back, slain in the spirit. And it was from that time on that I reverenced that God was God all by himself. It wasn't for me to be in my mind because I didn't understand what it was to assume that people were just falling out to be doing something. And from that point on, I still recognize that I am poor, naked, and blind, hateful, hopeless, and helpless, even as a believer. And I can do nothing without him. Thank you, babe. Frank, what would you say about how things can compete for our worship? 
Well, it, it seems like everything <laughs> tries to compete for our worship, just, you know, work, just busyness. E even when we're trying to do good things and volunteering and doing things for God, sometimes we can be so busy in church, you know, going to practice, going to this meeting or that meeting and doing great things, but, you know, then the time with God alone and uh, just worship quiet time is gone because the day's over. And uh, it just seems like... In my own life, I noticed any time, especially if we're trying to ex spend a, an extended period of time in prayer or worship, something always comes up, get a text or something breaks at home or um, somebody needs help with something. And then it's like, I feel that pull a lot that you, you know, I should be worshiping, but I got to go do this. So um, I just think it's important to make that time and just shut out those distractions because they're, they're always going to be there. So. Yeah, I like that. Renee, yeah, let's give it up. Um, well, just to piggyback on that a little bit, I mean, obviously everything can be a distraction. And Pastor Joe has taught us, um, it's believed that Satan was the worship leader in heaven before he was thrown out. And so he definitely knows the power behind worship. And what's he going to do? He's going to distract you and keep you from doing that very thing that's going to, you know, help you through your day or whatever and, and give God the honor and glory that he is due. Um, and so if we can look that square in the eye and say, you know, no, Satan, you don't get this distraction right now. It's all about God. Then, you know, maybe that can help you. Yeah, that's awesome, Renee. You know, I, I think we can all agree it is one thing to worship when things are going really great for us. <laughs> like, it's so easy to thank God when, you know, finances are coming through and things are just calm at home or at work, and it's great to celebrate and so easy to worship God in those times. But I bet that all of you have experienced moments where it's really difficult to worship God when you're just having a tough time and you're not feeling it and life is stressful and it's been hard at home with the kids or things have been tough with your health. And so I want to ask you guys, like, how have you learned to worship in those times where you're hurting, those times where you're waiting on God? Like, how do you praise God before you've even seen the things that he's promised us in his word? Abby, what would you say to that? Well, um, several years ago, when uh, my husband's name is Jeremy, we decided we wanted to start our family. And um, very soon after, we realized that it wasn't going to go according to the plan that we wanted, of course. And I know that many of you probably struggle with the same issues, but um, my doctor finally recommended that I see a fertility specialist. And in my mind, immediately, I was just discouraged and let down because you just have this envision of what you think your life is going to be like. And that wasn't the plan for me. So um, the fertility specialist was in Boardman and I teach in LeBray. I don't know if you guys know where that's at, but it's quite a distance. So every other morning I would have to drive to Boardman and get some blood work and some tests done before I would go to school. And um, it became really draining. And so on the way there, it became my time of worship. And I would just cry out and plead to God, like, let your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done in my life. And I know he promises good um, gifts to all of us. And so I just stood firm on his promises. And the one verse that's always been like a life verse for me is Jeremiah 29, 11, And it says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And so I would just quote that verse um, in my mind all the time. But worship became 
like my main communication with God because there was times that I didn't even really have the words to say, but I just knew that if I turned on some worship music and let my heart get in the right spot that I could you know, it was my way of connecting with God. And so after a while, unfortunately, that didn't work for us. And my husband and I could see that it was emotionally draining. And we thought, let's just pray. Again, stand firm on God's promises and know that He's going to provide for us in His timing. Our timing isn't always God's timing, so we just have to trust Him. And faithfully, He came through. And even without the help of a fertility specialist, I, we became pregnant with our son, Finley. And... Um, I remember that verse, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And I will say that weeping did endure for many nights, but when it finally happened in the joy and just being able to worship through it together, it was trying, but it grew us closer, but it also grew our relationship with God so much closer. So I would encourage you, no matter what you go through, just if you don't have the words to say, turn the music on and let it be in the background because it's just going to flood your heart with the peace that you need to get through it. Amen. Thanks, Abby. Yeah. Thanks for your transparency. I know that's going to help a lot of people. Yes. Frank, what about those times when we're hurting, when we're waiting? How do you worship? It's tough sometimes. Um, I uh, Back in November of 2020, I came down with COVID, and at the beginning of December, I ended up in the hospital because I was having trouble breathing. Uh, my oxygen level dropped into the low 80s, and I found out I had blood clots in both lungs. And so it wasn't a, it wasn't a fun time. And uh, just being in in the hospital at that time, it was still relatively new. A lot of the treatments, and nobody was allowed in the hospital. So the worst of it was being isolated and and being alone. And the sights and sounds in the COVID ward weren't weren't all that pleasant. So all I could think to do, I had my phone. I had some ear earbuds and I just put on uh, worship music. I mean, I was, I was, you know, kind of weak and stuff, but that's all I could do is listen. I found on YouTube this, uh, these, the really read healing scriptures for like 12 hours, you know, so I, all I did for those days is as much as I could, I played that during the day, even as I was trying to sleep, I just had that going through and it, uh, you know, it really got me through that time, helped me to overcome my stay in the hospital. And even when I got home and I was recovering, um, it took uh, it took a while. Um, in the first couple of weeks, all I could do was continue that. I would just watch sermons, listen to worship, uh, songs like uh, "Rattle," "Waymaker," um, "Sea of Victory" just became alive to me because there was my lifeline. Um, uh, and even though the healing process took a while, uh, I found strength in the worship. And it gave me that peace and to get through this terrible time. And um, I wish I could say it was because I was a great spiritual giant that that was my <laughs> first way to turn. But it was more like I was a scared, you know, how your kids, when they get scared of the thunderstorm and they just run, run into your room. And uh, that's how I felt that caused me. But then, you know, then I thought, well, that's, that's how God wants us to be with him, though. Yes. So, um, and even though the thing that was cool about this, it's, it was weird because it struck me later after I was pretty much through it all, how serious it actually was. You know, I freaked out for him. I thought, wow, this could have really gone in a different direction. And uh, I just really believe that all that time and with the word of God spinning around in my head and just listening to worship, that it prevented me from being freaked out and seeing that fear and just allowed me to focus 
on recovery. And then I, I remember too, first time I was able to be back on, on the worship team, I was, I was just overcome with um, emotion and I didn't think I was gonna make it through the set uh, just because of what God brought me through and that worshiping was a major part of that. And uh, so my worship for me has never been the same. It's just, uh, it's a, there's a freedom and joy that I feel in it and just peace and gratitude for his faithfulness because we serve an awesome God. And Psalm 59, 16 says, but I will sing of your strength. In the morning, I will sing of your love for you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. So um, it's, uh, it's a powerful yeah. weapon. So. That's powerful, Frank. Thank you so much. How about you, Matt? I think to see what God can do for us in the future, we have to reflect on what he's already done for us. Um, I don't know many of your personal stories, but I'm going to assume some incredible things have had to happen to get you to where you are today. And I guarantee you that God has had his hand over every second of, of your time yeah. with that. Um, just think about who God is biblically. Think of all the miracles he's performed, parting the Red Sea. Um, he created the universe, for one, and he sent Jesus down to bear the burden of our sins. So I think if our faith in God relies on what he can do for us, then I think the harsh reality of that is that's not a healthy relationship with God. Um, I think the more we realize and understand what he's done for us, the more we can see what he's currently doing in our lives. I love that. So good. So true. I, uh, yeah, let's give it up for Matt and Frank for sharing. I want to close this out with this last question. Um, and then we're going to take some time and just get to put to practice the things that we've talked about today through worship um, with our team. We're going to worship together as a church. But let me ask you guys this. Like we've talked about how many purposes that worship serves. And one purpose that I love is that worship is a weapon. So let's talk about how, how that is. Renee, what would you say to that worship being a weapon? Well, I immediately... Think about the story in Second Chronicles, I believe, with um, King Jehoshaphat. Am I, am I saying that right, Pastor Joe? Okay, sounds right to me. <laughs> King Jehoshaphat. Um, uh, he was about to go into battle against two or three other armies, and the Lord told him to send the worshipers and the musicians out in front and let them praise and worship me, and I'll take care of the rest. And so he did that. And God confused the other armies, and they ended up killing each other. And Jehoshaphat won the, won the battle. Um, rather cool, right? So you send the worshipers out. I don't know if I'm ready to go out into battle without any weapons, but, you know, I got the best weapon because I got Christ on my side. That's the whole point of the story. Um, and uh, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, Satan, um, as I said before, uses distractions as a weapon um, is part of his plan to ruin our lives. And so our weapon back to him, so to speak, is our worship. Because at the name of Jesus, Satan must flee. I love that. So good. Faith, if you could answer that question, close this out. How is worship a weapon? In my own personal life, I remember one instance when um, my daughter had fallen 
from the counter, she was a young girl at the time, slipped off the counter and fell on her arm in such a way that when we took her to the emergency room, the doctor said, this is very serious and she probably won't have full use of that arm again. He said, um, we don't even have doctors in this hospital that can do the surgery. We're gonna transport her up to Cleveland. And I remember at that time that fear tried to overwhelm me because of all this bad news. And as we got in the ambulance, um, I just got in there and I just began to sing songs that she would sing in children's church, the little songs that would bring to her mind as well as mine, the simple goodness of God. And the whole way in the ambulance, I was just singing, worshiping God. And when we got off the ambulance, I forgot my pocketbook, didn't know it was there. The ambulance driver came to me and he said, hey ma'am, you left your purse in the church, I mean on the ambulance. <laughs> so I didn't realize I was really in there crying out to God the whole time. We got in um, Cleveland Clinic and um, the doctors went over the procedure with me, told me it would take four to six hours because it was so badly damaged. And um, as I was sitting there in the waiting room again, I just kept praising God, um, worshiping God, trying to keep the fear and the, um, the anxiety away. And it was within 45 minutes, the doctor came out of the surgery and said, he said, ma'am, all we did was um, pop the two bones back together and put some pins in, and we're gonna put a cask on. And I believe that the weapon of praise miraculously healed her arm from Warren to Cleveland Clinic. So I give God all the praise and glory for that. <laughs> so powerful. Worship is a weapon. Is I, I want to thank all of you for just sharing your hearts on this subject of worship that we could go on and on about. And at the end of the day, like we could never thank God or worship Him or respond to His goodness enough. That's how incredible He is, yet He still wants a deep connection with us. He still wants a relationship with us. And I love that worshiping Him through song is just one of the many ways that we can grow in our relationship with God. So our team, we're going to um, get ready to transition and we're going to close out with worship. So I'm going to hand it out, uh, hand this off to Ryan. And um, can you guys one more time just give it up for everybody on the panel today and all they shared. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.